Love Talk Radio. And everybody should know that's how love goes. It's good for the soul. Oh, I got a long way to go, but it won't stop the pain. No, no. That's the kind of thing that keeps me coming back again and again. Good evening, good evening. Welcome. You're tuning in live to the Healthy Souls Talk Show with your girl, your favorite therapist, Dr. Kimberly Thomas. Come on in here. Um, If you're tuning in live on Facebook, welcome. If you would just go ahead and like or give us a heart and share this live, we greatly appreciate it. And if you're joining us on Blog Talk Radio and you want to call in, uh, you can uh, reach us at 323-870-4375. Press 1 to join. Again, that's 323-870-4375. If you want to email us at the show with any questions, concerns, or just uh, some words of encouragement, you can email us at hst at ttlomedia.net. Again, it's hst at ttlomedia.net. Net. And of course, you can follow us on all social media platforms at Healthy Soul Talk. Again, welcome. You're tuning in live to the Healthy Soul Talk show with your favorite therapist, Dr. Kimberly Thomas. I'm excited this evening. So, you know, I'm not going to spend too much time babbling. <clears throat> yeah. Um, my producer, <laughs> how y'all doing this evening? Really? Hello. Great. I'm here. I'm I'm good. I'm babbling. Really? That's what you. Yeah. That's what we're saying tonight. Okay. All right. So you said I was acting brand new, but now you babbling. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway. You're welcome. Let's let's get some announcements here. What we got? Talk about all men lifted, please. Oh. Okay. Come on with it. Oh, you mean that little yes. that, that little concert? I'm excited. I know, right? Not yeah. Uh, the All Men Lifted, All Men Lifted, June 19th. There is a concert happening at the Country Club Hills Theater uh, at 4 p.m. It's a concert for all men. It's the Father's Day Juneteenth celebration because Father's Day is that Sunday. Juneteenth comes on that Saturday, and it's a um, 
it's a concert just to celebrate the men, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't yeah. get celebrated. We don't, don't nobody care about us. So we get left out. So we decided we were going to do something to lift up all men. So even if you're not a father, you're welcome to come. That's why it's called All Men Lifted. All Men Lifted, uh, it's going to be an amazing, amazing event. Um, Lisa McClendon is coming in, right? She's flying in. She'll be here. Head, uh, she'll be here part of the show. She'll be opening the show. Lanasia Tyson will be headlining the show. Y'all know Lanasia, all those great hits that you now hear on Sirius Radio all the time. She'll be here. Uh, DJ Debo from 106.3 will be on the ones and twos, spending the entire day. So we're going to get our step on. We're going to have a good time. If you can juke a little bit, we're going to see. I'm going to test out my footwork, see if it still works. Mm. Okay, maybe not. But um, we go. Don't... Been practicing now. Don't get out there if you haven't been practicing now. I dance much better than I sing, and I'm gonna leave it at that. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. So very good. Very much good. Better. Right. So, you have the cameras. The photographers are gonna be out there. There will be. It will be oh, video. Yeah. There, it will be. Efforts. It will be. It will be. It will be recorded. All that good stuff. And then DJ Coolout is hosting. DJ Coolout is hosting. So it's a great, great uh, opportunity. It's a great opportunity for vendors too. So if you have a business. I don't know if you have that loaded, do you? Uh, you probably didn't, but it's okay. Uh, if you have a business or uh, you want to highlight your business, there's a couple of ways you can do that. If you want to be a vendor, you can grab a table. The vendor tables are going quickly, but there's still a few left. You can grab a table and come and sell all your shea butter, your yeah. your your beads, your bracelets. Your your, your are we selling chakras too? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They might be selling. No, we're not selling that. Okay, that's good to know because that ain't safe. But um, you know, you can come on out and. <laughs> Your stuff, you know, your homemade, whatever. <laughs> hey, I found somebody that makes wine. I'm going to tell them to bring their own. Hey, hey, ain't nothing like a, you know, a good sweet you, red. Wine or? Uh, hey, wine. We can't do that. They can't sell the wine. They can't drink it there, but they can sell it. No, you have to have a liquor license. These are facts. Okay, never mind. You can't come. Okay, Don't so anyway. Get uh, that's going to be y'all. I'm going to be in the back. But... <laughs> But you can come out with your vendor table, man. It's a great, great time. We have those spots lined up. And then if you want to be a uh, – then food trucks. If you know anybody with a food truck, if you want to – if you have a food truck, you want to come to a spot where you're guaranteed – if your food is good now, we want your food to be good. But we're looking for, look, vegan trucks, barbecue trucks, taco trucks, Asian food trucks, soul food trucks, mm-hmm. food trucks. Mm-hmm. We like food. So any type of food truck you have, check us out. Go to um, unlimitedfaithproductions.com, unlimitedfaithproductions.com. You can go there and see all uh, of the different ways you can be a part. Now, if you want to be a sponsor, hey, guess what? Maybe you're a business and you want to sponsor, be a, um, be a major sponsor. You can do that. Have your name up on the main banner, on the main marquee out there, along with the other businesses that are sponsoring. You can do that as well. Those sponsorships start at the, uh, the high-end sponsorship. It's called the Vibranium Package. Vibranium. Only a few people gonna get that. Mm-hmm. But it's the Vibranium package. It is Juneteenth, so you know, Wakanda forever. Um, but it's the Vibranium package. That'll get you not only your name up on the uh, on the main marquee with the with the with the other businesses, but that also gets you all the free advertising for the entire month of June. Uh, you can come on and you can talk about your business on the air. And all those great things. So it gives you a lot of opportunities. But there's the vibrating package is the top package, but then we, we, we close out, I think, at the bronze or something like that at okay. the bottom, if I'm not mistaken. So there's a bunch of different levels. But all that information is, again, on unlimitedfaithproductions.com. It's all men lifted June 19th. Be there, be there, be there. Uh, VIP tickets are going fast, man. Some went today. A couple more went out today. 
and um, they are $50, and general admission is 30 I can tell you now, the general admission tickets, if you don't get them online, they will not be the same price at the dough. I can tell you that mm. right now. Just letting you know up front. So if you're going to come, that means get, get your tickets online. That's the way you can save yourself an extra dollar or two. But thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All mm. right. You're tuning in live again to the Healthy Soul Talk Show with your girl, your favorite therapist, Dr. Kimberly Thomas. Let's, let's go, right? Let's go. Uh, jump right into it. You know, at the top of the show, um, we do what's called spiritual connect points, right? And these are just thoughts that... I have been pondering, um, you know, for a while or, or just kind of sitting with and to get a better understanding. So I thought I'd share it with you all. And this week, um, I posed the question, uh, when does admiration become idolatry? Mm. And I thought about this because um, for for a few years now, we 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 been hearing the term, you know, how we idolize people, right? And we've been holding uh, particularly entertainers, right? Or, or you know, those in, in sports, athletes, um, where we hold them accountable for how they act. And if they, you know, do something against, you know, good social norms, we, we just nail them, right? And mm-hmm. then we go into, mm-hmm. right, how many people, or particularly kids, um, their role models, and we really place this halo, right? around them to say, you know, you must do this and do that. And so it it becomes where um, the shift from that is worshiping, right? Mm. You know, and Mm -hmm. and I'll use that term because I've just seen such an increase in going beyond admiring someone, right? Because when when I was going through college, um, even back in high school, they would ask you about, you know, who inspires you? Right. Mm -hmm. What are your goals? What are your aspirations? And then they may say, well, who are some people, right, that influence you? But I'm really seeing now where we we are, um, some of us really place people in our lives to say we 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 live according to how they live. Mm -hmm. Right. We take on their views. Right. If, If they say something about life or there's a belief system that they have, I see people taking it on. Right. Mm. To the point where it then um, from, from a spiritual standpoint, takes the place of what's in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Or what God would want for us as individuals. And so I, 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 I thought about this question because many people are struggling with looking at other people to govern their lives, looking at other people, right? Trying to model their lives. And then they question whether or not God cares about them, mm-hmm. right? Because if God cared about me, then my life would look like so-and-so, I would appear, right, to have the assets and the wealth and the this, that, and the other that I see in other people. And it, it really gets to where, you know, especially with social media, where people get so, uh, in, 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 you know, we say enmeshed, right, when other mm-hmm. people's lives that it consumes them, right? And I'm hearing people say, that's my idol, mm-hmm. right? That's my idol. And, and, and I, I just wonder sometimes, like, how, 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 not only does how, how does God feel, hearing us say mm-hmm. that that's my idol and we, we act accordingly, right? But what does that do for the spiritual life of someone, mm-hmm. right? When they're following a human more than their spiritual connection to God. 
Okay. Right. And, and, and the disappointment that tends to follow or the true sense of, you know, a lack of faith or disbelief in themselves. Right. Because they're idolizing something of which they're now looking at their life. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if it's not measured up or if it doesn't come close to that, then life isn't right. And I, I've definitely seen some, you know, um, I don't want to say tragedies, but like misfortune. Mm-hmm. Right. To, to that. And so that's why I posed that question. Like, when, when does admiration become idolatry? You lose your connection or your, your relationship is weakened, right, with God because you're over here focused and in, 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 in distracted, right, and in, in obsessed, right, mm-hmm. with a person or an object, right, or even a principle, right, of life, right, from that somebody created, right? So that's where I was with that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, now you, now you now you throw it over to me. No, I'm just kidding. Because um, <laughs> you hear it, right? It says, the Bible says, right? No idol God, right? Mm-hmm. He's a jealous God, mm-hmm. right? And and But if we're true to, to how we've been as humans, we've been seriously idolizing. Okay. Folk, right? To the point where if you're not living right, you're, you're can I say damn? You just did. Okay then. <laughs> like you, you just you you like you you like okay you're the scum of the earth right? Uh-huh. You can't be redeemed or or people you know you can't flaw mm-hmm. right? When we idolize people, you they can't flaw right? Mm-hmm. They can't be human like you, and you're so impacted emotionally by mm-hmm. something they did in their life, right? So that's where it's kind of like this. Wow, how do how did we get past admiration, right? To to you're idolizing. Yeah. So the danger is that. Yeah. So so let's go to first. You know, we got to get we you know, the word. Let me let me let me let me do it this way. You know, turn with me if mm-hmm. you will. No, turn uh, to the uh, Colossians. Colossians, not Colossians. Colossians chapter three. Colossians. Some people do say Colossians. I don't know where to get it from. Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter three, and I believe it's in the fifth verse. Mm-hmm. Colossians chapter three, the fifth verse. Uh, I'm going to read the King James version, and then I'm going to give the message because I don't want people to be mad at me because they don't know what I just said. All right. So the King James version says, "Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth: fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry." Mm-hmm. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. All right. Now y'all saying, what did he just say? All right. So let's get the message Bible because I know somebody's saying I have not a clue what he just said. All right. Message Bible says like this. And that means killing off everything connected with the way of death, sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like, whenever you feel like it, and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy, that's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. All right. So you talked about admiration versus idolatry was the question. Yes. It is nothing wrong with admiring a celebrity. Right. Let's start mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. It's nothing wrong with admiring an athlete. It's nothing wrong with um, looking up to, uh, um, you know, even though I know Charles Barkley said a long time ago, I'm not your kid's role model. You should be your kid's role model. OK, Chuck. But he said those things. Here is the here is the difference. 
I want to, I, I ascribe to be, uh, to have a business like them. I aspire to be successful like them, but they're not, I'm not putting them before God. Mm-hmm. It yeah. becomes idol worship when the, the thought of what that person has takes precedent over your relationship with God. Then it becomes idol worship. Then you are then breaking the, well, I'm going to get in trouble with my Catholic people because uh, I don't forgot my Ten Commandments order. Ooh, boy, if one of them sisters was still alive, I'd probably get it right now. I believe. All off into. Because <laughs> um, I just had a flashback of getting beat every day in Catholic school. Uh, um, I think it's the second commandment, though, about the false idols. I think it is the second commandment. Okay. Somebody help me. But the second commandment talked about not worshiping false gods or, or, or idols and all those things. So when that happens, that's what that's literally what God was saying. He was, didn't say you couldn't admire your parents, you couldn't admire a celebrity or any, any of those mm-hmm. things. He was simply saying, don't put any of those things before me. So it's not, it's not, you, you can have, and, and you can, you can celebrate, you can have all the Batman stuff you want in the world, but I know Batman ain't get on no cross for me. Huh? I heard what I said. He didn't get on the cross for me. Now I'll fight you over, you messing with my stuff, but I ain't going to go to hell oh over goodness. it. See, there's a difference. I'll fight you for it, but I ain't going to go to hell for it. So what, it, so at the end of the day, the admiration can, you have to be careful that it does not go into worship because there are those who. You know, you can worship a sports team. Like some people, are, are like, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, like, you know, people who are sick in the mind. Like, oh, uh, let's just, Chicago Bear fan. Yeah, I said what I said. The Chicago Bear fan. You know, they make it upset. Are not necessarily the views of She got a Dr. disclaimer. Tom. She got it over there. She got just put a disclaimer up because I stay in trouble. But anyway, <laughs> but you know, Chicago Bear fan, something is, is, you have to be, something is wrong with you to continue to, but some of them are, are so obsessed. Their behavior. Their behavior okay. turns them and they forget who they are. Right? Yeah. You know, so unlike us us uh, us Los Angeles Lakers fans, we're used to winning. We don't have those issues of really? Of, uh, really? Somebody said watch it. See this is why people this is why see now look, this is why people don't have access to stuff because see they said watch it but it came up under Ebenezer. I know who that is. But use your own name when you type stuff on the Facebook page. See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? This is why it's not happening. But no. There is a there 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 is a really thin line there where you can go from ad, admiration you go from admiration to uh, to idol worship, and we have, we'd have to be careful because and that and that's even in our relationships, indeed, with people with indeed. with our with our people that we know. Yeah, we can we can be so caught up into the person that that person then usurps our relationship with God. I'm more concerned about how you feel about me than right. God feels about me. Right. Then that's a whole nother. Right. Yeah, that's now you're in real trouble. Yeah, and, and, and I think my biggest takeaway is you know I don't ever want to. Um, trust a person more than uh, trust God, right? So right. in essence, like, you know, sometimes, as they say, we put our faith in man, mm-hmm. right? And, and really, that's how people feel the most intense um, levels of betrayal, mm-hmm. right? And rejection is because they really did, right? Mm-hmm. Just, uh, have this high expectation, not mm-hmm. knowing that your true source, right? Your mm-hmm. main, your major, your the authorizer, right? Of mm-hmm. your source mm-hmm. is God, but Sometimes they get sidetracked, right? It's it's like knocked off to where this is your sole focus, and if this person doesn't come through, then your world is over. The right? lines get blurred. Yeah, and, and so I, I just wanted to put that out there because 
you know, we're just where uh, I believe due to social media and all this technology, um, we're losing, right, kind of that sense of connection mm-hmm. um, uh, as it relates to how do you stay spiritually grounded, mm. right, without, um, look at Instagram, right? And, and I'm only saying this because we're, we're helping people um, cope with addictions to social media in a sense of, you know, if my life is not like this person, mm-hmm. right, then my life is no good, right? I'm questioning my purpose. I'm questioning, you know, why can't I look like, and it's all individual, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't see, you can't see God, right? You you can't ask God to, to physically come and say, sit with me, mm-hmm. right? And talk to me about my life. And, and, and some people get obsessed with knowing, okay, you know, what what is God's plan for me? And, and it's like, well, that's what they go after, only... Like, trust God. Trust God that he'll reveal to you in time as you go along, right, what he wants for you and in, in not what you see, right? Because sometimes we want a visual, and that visual has become it's instant in the palm of my hand. It, it becomes a lack of oh, – I thought you were going to say something. Oh, I heard you hit the oh. – anyway, it becomes a um, – it it, 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 ends, it ends up becoming an obsession. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Instagram. Uh, they just changed. Effective, I think, yesterday. They just changed it so that if you don't want to see how many people liked your comments, you can turn the likes off. So that way you're not constantly wondering, like, how many, like, I didn't get this and I didn't get that. You know what I'm saying? Because people yeah. do compare. If I, how, come, how come when he make a post, you know, he get, you know, 70,000, wow. he get 50,000 likes and I make one, I get, I barely get a hundred or vice versa. Or when he's behind the camera, these many people are watching. And when I'm behind the camera, only these many people are watching. And people can get easily caught up in idolizing right. numbers. Yes. And at the end of the day, it's like, what's the purpose? What's, I, I tell people this all the time, because I've heard people say this to me about, about my, about my, about the show that I do. They'll go, well, um, Man, don't you look at the, the, the numbers? I stopped looking at the numbers a long time ago because if I become number focused, I'll forget about the purpose. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's just yeah. like for me as a preacher, I, it's, like, it's like me and the amen. You know, I come from a place where people will, you know, they'll stare at you and want to know how much longer you're going to be up there. You know, so I had to learn wow. to look beyond them and like, you know what? If I stay focused on who not amen, I'm going to miss the ones that actually need right. it. Right. Right. So that's when you come to. And, and there are those, unfortunately, even for, if you go from secular world to uh, to, the, to the spiritual world, there are those people who li- who who live and breathe off of um, uh, what's their response. What's their response? Mm-hmm. If God is pleased and I'm going to say this and I know, you know, if you put a disclaimer, put it up one more time. If God is pleased. You put it up twice, then good. The hell with everybody else. I mean, for real. I, I can't. I'm, I'm at that point now. You know, you didn't translate that, okay? You say within, you say faith. I did. I did say the hell with everybody else. But I'm just saying, I'm just, you know, it, it's because I can't, you know, if, if, if social media had been out when I was in my 20s, oh, I probably would be, oh, oh my God, it would be horrible. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I was grown, grown. <laughs> When when I got you know into the social media thing, you know, because I go all the way back to MySpace. I just told my whole mm. age. She looked up like, "What's that?" Look at <laughs> what, like like you wasn't on there. Okay, you, you, didn't, have to, why you, you didn't have to go there. What MySpace? MySpace was popular. You didn't have to go there. You was on there with me, but go ahead. Mm. Anyway, get back. 
bring it back. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good stuff. So I hope that people think about yeah. right, how they are living mm-hmm. their life. Is is it based on comparison? Is it based on, you know, you 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 idolizing, right, another person's lifestyle, mm. right, even the career that they're in, mm-hmm. you know, um, even to social media, right, or even, you know, it's even in, in, in the quote-unquote uh, church world, mm-hmm. right, a lot of stuff is happening. You have to be careful with, we don't take these cliches, mm-hmm. right, and turn them into you're living your life based on a cliche, mm-hmm. right, and, and not not the true, right, the true approach to you seeking God for yourself, right? And so, uh, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. So I, make sure I listen to people talk about, and you, you know, like church folks in the church. Every there, there's not a pastor alive who wouldn't want a a a, a packed church. There's, it's just not. That's because that's human. That's the human side of us. We we want we of course we want every every pew filled. That's just you know we we would love to have a pews pews full of folks who who love God and the pews full of folks who want to know who God is. But that's not the reality is that's not going to be all of our walks. Yes. Right? Yes. And the minute you accept that reality that that's not going to be all of your walks, then the you'll be a better leader, better preacher, better father, husband, all those things. Because the minute you try to say, "Man, if I could get what TD Jakes got, but we, it's, and it's easy to say, and unfortunately with our children, our children see this. They're easily looking at, I want to be like, you know, the girls in my classroom, they talk about Polo G. I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know Polo G existed. I don't know who that, I thought, you know, I didn't think, you know, I didn't know who that was. Somebody named, Le, right, exactly. Somebody named Lil Dirk and all these people, and that's all they talk about. These are rappers. I only oh, know this okay. because I got fifth and sixth graders. That's yeah. how I know this. Okay. Okay. Uh, but that's who they talk about all the time and how much money they have. But my thing is you don't know the work that went into it. It's easy to want that, right? Or yeah. if you take it back to the, to the, to the spiritual world, if you, if you, have any of you guys seen those pictures of T.D. Jakes when he started with him and his wife? Have you seen any of them oh, pictures? Yes, yes, with yes. him with, the, with yeah. the real big carefree curl, dripping, wet, looking like... like Yes, looking like he was straight out of uh, the clumps with, with Sherman, 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 with the whole thing. And he said he had 10 members in West Virginia, wherever he started, 10. But it's the truth. He said it himself. Y'all laughing at me. I'm so serious. Him and his wife, they started with them 10 members, and they were content. And he said, I've been preaching like it was a two, right. three, four thousand ever since because it didn't matter. So that's the thing. Once you find your purpose, all that other stuff, you you don't have to worry about that. All right. All right, all right. I'm done. Derek Carroll. Derek Carroll. I'm gonna I'm gonna find the picture so you can see. Mm, all right, y'all. <laughs> all right. So uh, listen, we have an amazing discussion coming up. Uh, you know, we kicked it off um, three weeks ago talking about women's health issues and things that women go through in their bodies and um, emotional. Um, things that come about and so this week we have a special guest we're going to take a break so we can prep um, and, and get this discussion going and so um, we will be right back are we doing the percolator is, is, is that what you want you, you know I'm just saying I've been jamming yes. lately but you want the percolator I'm fire it she can get this on her show because you know what happens when you have the non <laughs> 
you know, saved. you say, but you, you, you house saved. <laughs> <laughs> juke saved. Right, you juke saved. There's a difference. You you juke for the Lord. I understand. Right. I understand. All right, y'all. We we gonna take a break. Come back with our special guest, and uh, we gonna go from there and have this, this real deep conversation. And somebody will be <clears throat> on their way to healing this week. I declare it. Oh, she de- you declaring and decreeing? Yes. Oh, okay, all right. She do go to. Uh, she just did a D. She did declare. Oh, she just. <laughs> she didn't decree. She no, didn't, she didn't oh, decree. So it don't really count. Okay. <laughs> all right, I'm just stalling because I can't. All right, y'all. We'll be back. The music. That's why I'm stalling because the music is like stuck over there somewhere. You want to sing again? <laughs> no, he don't. <laughs> did you watch Sunday service? <laughs> they don't ever want me to sing again. <laughs> It, it was bad. I don't know what happened. He I thought, sung all the wrong notes. Ain't that what you said? <laughs> all of them. All of them. Sounded like Alfalfa. All of them. Now, what were you doing? I felt. I felt the Donnie McClurkin like, Lord. spirit, but uh, but Johnny McClurkin showed up and said, and I don't know what happened. It just what it just mm 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 mm. It just didn't work out. Anyway. We be back, y'all. Let me play this music. At some point, it'll play. It's time for the percolator. 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 It's time for the percolator.
dance on, just swaying a little bit, just throwing your hands in the air. Swaying? Did you, did you really say swaying? That's that South Side Percolator. You wave your hand to the percolator. about women's health, women's issues, right, and the emotional, um, you know, impact, right, that, that mm-hmm. our bodies go through when it comes to um, pregnancy. We talked about infertility a couple weeks ago and thereafter with miscarriage. And so now this week um, we're talking about the decision, right, when, when you're faced with whether or not you should keep, right, mm-hmm. the pregnancy. And so I wanted to just have this open discussion first about, you know, um, what you do, 
right, as it relates to, to working with women, um, but also about our bodies um, from a hormonal standpoint and how um, some things, right, that, that we go through, not just on a monthly basis, but when our bodies change, specifically when it comes to reproduction mm-hmm. and, you know, the afterwards of that. Next week, we'll be talking about postpartum depression, but right now we're just kind of getting into, you know, the emotional distress and the long, short and long, long-term impact that it has mm-hmm. emotionally um, when it comes to just um, conceptual, you know, have, um, fertility issues and, you know, uh, miscarriages. And then just, you know, this week we're talking about abortion specifically. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm going to let you jump on me and then tell us more about you and what you do and just kind of guiding us through that discussion. And then I'll jump back in and just kind of, you know, us dialogue about uh, putting it together. Right. Um, typically, I get kind of put out there uh, what not to say. Right. Because we were doing what not to say to a couple. Right. That, that's experiencing um, the inability. Right. To conceive. And, and then, you know, with with um, miscarriages, right, things not to say, and then I have some stuff this week, right, just so we could be more aware from a community standpoint, because I find that in our culture, um, and this is just since I've been in the profession, I hear so much of what was said to a woman when they lost a baby or, you know, they they couldn't get pregnant, and it, it stuck with them. It was just this lifelong, I mean, you know, you think about that and you say, okay, let's explore why you're unhappy and feel so, so, you know, down and like you're not um, living your purpose in life. And it was, it was actually things that were said to them or people's reaction to them just about reproduction, right? That, that whole concept and that, and we don't talk about this much, right? We don't talk about like, let's take a look at how, uh, what we've historically said, mm-hmm. right? So family members, women, you know, young girls, right? And we're talking about this today because um, I have, you know, had the, the privilege of sitting with young young women who, who did get pregnant right in their teen years, and they were, quote, unquote, made, right, to give up their pregnancy. And that thing stuck with them to at the age that I saw them, which was well into womanhood. They're still dealing with it. Right. And even yeah. if they've had children, they still, still remember that interaction yeah. of the, the why, right? Mm-hmm. How did I get in that, that position? And it's all based on the words that they heard and even whether that was coming from, you know, their family or their partner at the time, it, it, it just never goes away for some people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I wanted to bring this up because there, there's so many women, women, right. Who, who have not dealt with the hurt that came from having to make that decision, mm-hmm. whether by force or choice. Sometimes there were women who made this decision because they did say it wasn't the right time right? You know, they were doing some things in their life, or they felt like, you know, they didn't want to do it, and they they had emotional, right, long-term impacts from that, although they were okay at the time. And so I know that there are women who are okay, right, circumstances where it has to be done, but I just want to zone in on those who, who are not okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The ones we tend to think, oh, that happened when you're 16 and you're 46, and they and- still... Did you, you get know. over it? You're over it. Mm-hmm. should be over mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Yes. All right. So I'm going to let you jump on <laughs> here with that. Um, thank you so much. And this is an important topic. And of course, with uh, this being uh, mental health, uh, okay. May, mental health month. So it's a critical uh, issue to deal with. Um, I've been in women's health for at least 30, over 30 years, probably since I started in nursing. Um, and I've uh, worked as a uh, 
nurse midwife, women's health nurse practitioner for the last 27 years. Um, and so I've been with and supportive of women for a very long time and, and, and continue to be. Um, that's where I find my joy. That's why I find my purpose. That's why I find my mission. And so um, this, is, this is what I do. Um, when I was practicing, I practiced in the inner city, um, in Inglewood, in the South Shore area. Um, and this is a community that really um, needs the, the care and support. They've heard messages um, regarding around pregnancy. You know, they've been told things. They've been, you know, specifically with uh, respect to abortion, like, you know, this is what you should do or, or you know, why would you continue with it or... Um, you know, something to the effect of, you know, who's going to pay for it. And so these messages that they get um, just really has, like you say, has, has had a, a strong impact on them. Um, and just as, since, as long as I've been practicing, I, I really support women, um, regardless of what they decide that they want to do. Um, I think, and this is just, you know, a disclaimer, this is my opinion that women um, have a right decide what they want to do mm. with their bodies. And so I explore with them, hey, this is, you know, you have a positive test. You know, what do you want to do? What 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 are the pros? You know, what do you see the the positives? Um what what what's going on in your mind that, you know, you're thinking negative about it. And I tell them, get people out of your ear and focus on the inner you and what you believe that you want to do. And I'll come behind you and support that um, regardless. And, and you're right. It is an, a very emotional issue for them. Um, it's not taken lightly. Uh, some people think, oh, they just made a decision and, and mm -hmm. there are no feelings about yes. it. Yes. Um, but they do have feelings about it, whether they decide they're going to do it or whether they decide they're going to continue with it. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. there are definitely issues that, that they and emotions that they feel mm -hmm. around in that. I like that you brought up um, that the whole concept of, you know, walking alongside of them, right, to make this decision. And, and for me, those, those terms, and I, I'll leave it out because those are political terms, right, that we created to pass laws. But what, what I like to zone in on, at the end of the day, there's this, this woman here, right, who, who is battling, right, this, this, this life decision you know, this meaning her life, right, at, at this particular moment. And so I think people miss that, right? People miss that whole concept that before the, before the decision, right, is even established or planned, right, like dated, the woman goes through, right, this, this process of emotional, right, uh, uh, struggle, right? Like you said, weighing the pros and the cons, that's not easy, right, because we're, we're talking about, um, future, mm -hmm. right? We're talking about the what ifs. We're talking about well, well, is is it may not be the right time now, right? For whatever reason, right? We don't we don't even have to get into the reason, but more of like, well, what if, when I get there and I want to, I and I I may not be able to, right? So it's it's all of this that goes on, and I think that you know um, um, we miss that, right? We miss the leading up to, right? Emotional. Uh, disturbance process that that you know a woman goes through. So so can you can you share a little bit about your experience as you walk alongside of those women who are like in the process of making those decisions? So it it starts with that uh, woman who makes the appointment that says 
I may be. Mm. I may be expecting. So they're already dealing with those issues. What if, you know, you know, my cycle is off or whatever? I may be. So those emotions start even when they call to make that appointment for a pregnancy test. Mm. And so they already come in. So, you know, sometimes they experience when they come in for those visits is that there's an automatic, oh, you're, you know, you're here for the test and, you know, we're going to get you some vitamins and we're going to, well, they're mm. conflicted when they come in. They don't know. So um, I don't just automatically, oh, guess what? This is, you know, wonderful news. You know, I may come in with, you know, before they even, you know, when they take the test, before they even get the results, like, what are you feeling? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? Um, how can I support you? Um, and so we're going to get these results. And so, you know, now that you have results, once I give them the results, you know, how are you feeling? You just want to just, you know, talk about what you're feeling. Do you, you know, what kind of support do you need? Um, sometimes I'm just listening to them. So that's, that's where I start mm-hmm. because that, that's, we can't just assume when they walk in that this is, we already know what the decision that they're going to mm-hmm. make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think at that, that moment, what's hard sometimes for women to do is share their, their ambivalence, share, you know, their, their straddling the fence, if you will, with this decision with family and close friends or even their partner because they feel like they're number one, they'll be judged and or they'll have to take their recommendation. Right. So it's like, well, you know, if, if I am contemplating, right, it's almost like, well, because I'm contemplating some of a, a close family member or that part of it would be like, well, you should go ahead and do it. So now mm-hmm. you feel this, you know, pressure. Now you begin mm-hmm. to, you know, think about well, well, you know, um, am I capable? Right. Mm-hmm. You, you know, all these things could, could go into effect in this person's mind and you know that in itself where a woman who can't go or does not have anybody right to to talk this over with and and we'll kind of enter you know twine here you know ways to support right even in the beginning stages of a young woman trying to make this decision they need a listening ear right they need someone to to say let's get all your feelings on on the table let's get what are your true concerns, right, about, you know, making this decision? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and I think how we speak and how we word it matters much because, you know, sometimes, and, and I get it, it's like, well, you know, I've heard some, some family members say, well, we don't do that, mm-hmm. right? We don't do that. And then there are other families who say, you, you know what, you, you'll you need that right now. You, you, got, you have a whole life to live and your life is going to be messed up. And so we begin to put these... Um, it's almost like we create the narrative, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. for the woman. Mm-hmm. And she's just in the stage of thinking about, okay, what what are my options, right? Mm-hmm. If, because that's, an, to me, that's an instinctual thing, right, mm-hmm. to say, okay, what am I going to do? Am I ready? Like, these are beginning mm-hmm. questions, right, especially when it's unplanned, mm-hmm. right, it, unplanned. And so I, I just wanted to, to put that out there. Like, you know, I want to say be more mindful in our conversations when, when, when that question comes on the table, what am I going to do, right? There's not a degree like to pressure, right, right, or to impose, right, or to, you know, if I were you, because you're not mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. That's one of the, when we're teaching our, our students, and we have our students, um, is tell them, give options, and I mean give options, 
evenly. Don't like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to talk about this, but give options and be open whatever you hear mm-hmm. and answer any questions once you start with those options. Listen to what they're saying and support them. Answer any questions they have, but it's their decision. Ultimately, yeah. it's their decision. Yeah, yeah. And, and- and I think about that, right? So, so now they've made the decision. Mm-hmm. It still isn't the point where all of a the sudden they, uh, uh, the woman may be content. Now, again, right? We understand that that some some women, right? Some couples have made that decision and they're okay with it, right? That we're not saying that there are not, you know, individuals who are who uh, have not been okay, mm-hmm. right? But we know that that even there are women who who made the decision have to sit with that for a while, right? Because we're talking about the actual process at this point, the leading up to, right, the sleepless nights, the crying, right, the depression coming in, the anxiety coming in, right, the, you know, okay, I, I got myself in this position. I wouldn't be here if I hadn't done that. So now they're reflecting mm-hmm. on life and just this whole, you know, domino effect, right? right? I think I made the right decision, mm-hmm. but I'm not really sure yes. if this is the right decision. Yes, yes. Or, or and sometimes, you know, that that concept of you know it's the it's it's a good decision right but I still prefer not mm-hmm. to be here yeah. right because yeah. it, it is yeah. really that you know wow um, I know and, and this is that person this is what's best now right but it doesn't feel good right and so that in itself is like okay wait you're saying your brain is saying this is the best idea but your heart is like how could mm-hmm. you and I wish I didn't have to make this decision. I wish I wasn't at this place mm-hmm. where I, I had to make this mm-hmm. decision, even though I made it, but still thinking about the what if, if mm-hmm. I hadn't gotten mm-hmm. to this point. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I often, um, you know, think about um, the, the teenage girls, right, who, um, and, and I've heard this, you know, I've, I've had the, the privilege of working with, um, you know, teen teen girls and some of them um, have had to make these decisions multiple times, right? And to hear them share about the memories, right? To hear them share about the position they were put in, right? If you don't do it, you're going to put be put out the house. If you don't do it, I'm going to leave you. You're going to be, you know, alone on this journey. All this stuff that, you know, led up to you know, Jim doing this, and, and I'm not here to judge the action or any of that. What I'm here to talk about, you know, I don't know nobody out there, right, saying, you know, this, that, and the other, but this conversation is about it is what it is, right, and there are many young girls who are put in this position by other folks to, to, to make the decision to terminate because they don't want to deal with it, and they can care less about the emotional, Emotions. mental, mm-hmm. and medical, mm-hmm. right, impact that it has on this young woman you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and, and, and we don't understand that you know th- there should be other ways of us addressing right that particular circumstance right, of the how you got there mm-hmm. right there are other ways we can address the how you got there as opposed to well when this happens we already know what you're going to do and that right. once you do that everything's fine and it's okay and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. there are no feelings yeah. behind it. Yes. Now I've I've heard um um I've heard you know them say I I wish I would have kept 
my baby, right? Or they were pressured by their partner, right? Only to find, I'm only throwing this out there because it, it kind of blew my mind when, when I started being more exposed to this particular dynamic. I had this abortion only to find that he was having another baby with somebody oh, yes. else. Yes. And they got yes. to keep their baby. Yes, yes. absolutely. So, so I learned just in mm-hmm. this, this research here, the, the 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 majority of the emotional impact comes from external factors, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So so that so now this young lady has to live with. I did this for you. You pressured me. You said X Y Z. You did this only to find, right, that a month later or heck a week later, right? You know, Kiki over here, right, mm-hmm. got this going on in. Now I'm sitting over here like, mm-hmm. and the what's wrong with me yes. because you encouraged her yes. to continue, but you encouraged. Or she said no. Me. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. She didn't follow along mm-hmm. with that program mm-hmm. that you wanted. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and so even you know that's that's the young folks, but even you know women, right? Mm-hmm. Or older women. It's just. Uh, we don't talk about and, and I wonder if we talked about this more often, right, would that make the decision-making process smoother in a sense of them, them, them feeling like they're making um, a decision based on internal, mm-hmm. right, internal mm-hmm. motivation versus external? Mm-hmm. What are people going to say? Right. Even, you know, it is what it is, y'all. There's some women, right, who, 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 you know, did what they did and, and the partner, the man was in another relationship. Right. And so now, again, the same circumstance, right? You put this pressure or they're contemplating, well, what, what will people think of me, right? A woman who's in this position and now you, you made the decision, right, that you were going to end it. Again, only to to be in this state of depression, this state of grief, this state of you know emotional distress, right? For whatever the external reason, right? So 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 he left. I did this for you, and, and now you still gone. left. Mm-hmm. So and now that, here I am, like, well, I did this, and I have to deal with the the feelings about it alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, that's not to mention you didn't support through the process so you were alone even in doing the process right during the process you were alone recovering from the process now long term no relationship right right and so so it's like we we need to understand that the emotional backlash right the mental backlash that comes from right following through on this decision is intense right it is magnified all in majority based on external right external factors and so now now the decision is made right that that this 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 woman has made a choice to to end right um the pregnancy um in in the follow-up appointment what have you found to be kind of the the mindset or kind of that 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 immediate right 
you know, presentation or demeanor of, of a woman? It, it may vary. For some, it's, it was a lot of emotions, a lot of stress, even contemplating what to do. And now that it's done, it's some relief for, in some cases. Yes, I agree. Yes, we know that. And, yes. And, yes. And other cases, it's that they feel guilty. Um, you know, what's going to happen? Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Now it's done. You know, how do I move forward? Mm-hmm. You know, what what's the impact on my relationship? Did the relationship go south anyway? Mm-hmm. So they come in with, with a range of feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I often think about, like, you know, even with um, some of those emotions, will linger just because they need an answer, right? You know, they need an answer. And some of the things that they highlighted here was, you know, regret, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, that regret comes from, you know, when they start to think about how they could have made it, right? Or, or, you know, they could have, all these could haves, you know, come come into play. And it's like, you know, one thing I've learned just, just being in this field is that when you don't have like mental clarity or you're, you're emotionally overwhelmed and emotionally exhausted, we know, and this is in every area, any area of life, your thought process is, is not mm-hmm. as clear, right? You, you, it's almost, we call it creativity. You're not as free, right, to be creative in your thoughts and sit down and process. And this is for whatever reason, whether it's internal, external pressure, it's like all you know is you have to make a decision, mm-hmm. Right. And so now when your back is against the wall, you're pressing against time, right? All this, this stuff is going on. And now you do it. Now you do have mental clarity, right? Now, now, the, the, now the stress is relieved, right? Be, because you, the, you follow through on a decision <laughs> and now you're clear. Yeah. And how devastating is that, right? That we, we you know, in counseling, we, we push for mental clarity. We take them through, right, the journey of healing so they can be freer, right, to explore the goodness of life. And this, I get that, but it's like, wow, right? You had to do something that cost you to get your mental clarity only to now sit, right, in regret and anxiety, you know, in you know, now you're looking at your life and what's, what, how do I move forward? And, you know, did I make the right mm-hmm. decision? Even after I did, that's huge because it's like, now you're going to think of all the reasons you're going you're gonna to recreate the list, mm-hmm. right? The pros and the cons. And so now you have to sit with that. And I also see some young girls who now, after they've made this decision and they carry through with it, they find that, oh, I have all the support here that I didn't even know that I had that I could have tapped into mm-hmm. when I was trying to make this mm-hmm. difficult decision. Mm-hmm. I like to, to, to tie in. Uh, Felicia, welcome. I see you here. I'm, I'm going to get to your comment in one moment here. Um, when, when, when it's done and, and, and you disclose that you did do it, I've heard this, right, from members of families or, or a close family, I would have helped you out. Yes. So how how was it that I didn't feel comfortable to even confide that I was struggling with making that decision, only to find that you're so free now mm-hmm. with your your giving of time and in you know contribution mm-hmm. right when I needed you right right you know so it's like that's one thing not to say mm-hmm. is 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 
because I would have, you know, helped you, right, raise this child. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, if I didn't get that impression before I got mm-hmm. pregnant, how how was that supposed to kick in? Mm-hmm. You know, when when I did. <laughs> Can you just say I'm here for you, right? Cal, you right. <laughs> having some certain feelings and I'm here for you. Yeah, because in essence, it's almost like you've added another layer of um, um, guilt, guilt, right? Yeah. To say, well, because you didn't reach out, because you didn't say, or you didn't say how much you would need help, right? Then, you know, it's, you, 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 you didn't explore all your options. Right, exactly. That's, that's putting the guilt right. back into the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. All right, Felicia says here, I had one in my early 20s. I've always felt weird when women would be emotional about having one, but I didn't have any feeling or regret about what I had done. I was also surrounded by women who wanted who wanted me to do it, so maybe I went off what they thought. I still don't think about it even today. Yeah. And Felicia, we just we just talked about that. Like, you know, um uh there, there are women, right, who it doesn't impact. And because we know that there there are women who have um, increased mental health, right, issues or emotional issues that, that remain pregnant, right? So I, I agree with that. Like, you know, we know that there are some women when they do have children, which we're going to talk about next, next week, postpartum depression, or they do they are made to believe they have all this help only when they have the baby. They don't. And here we are. Mm-hmm. We can go many different ways with that whole aspect, but children are harmed. Let's say that, right? When there is a woman who, who didn't or does not have the support and they contemplated that, they made the decision, right, to keep it. And we know that there have been some detrimental, you know, um, outcomes from that. So, yeah, Felisa, I totally, totally understand that. I think she's saying, too, um, she decided she made the decision she mm-hmm. went through with it and she didn't have any regrets about it even though she was surrounded by people who were encouraging it she feels okay about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. later and 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 i think um you know when when i was researching this like getting into the whole concept of how it lingers or the onset of what is it more internal external right it, it, it becomes how, how your environment makes you feel, right? And I believe mm-hmm. that because we know people who go through divorce, right? People who go through, you know, um, disclosing things about their lifestyle, people who, you know, have to share when they've been sexually assaulted or, you know, uh, um, or raped or molested as kids, kids and they're now sharing this. I think that it really does matter the people around you, right? How they, right? How they support you right or how they respond mm-hmm. right and make you feel because healing is healing like you can't put a time frame on mentally healing but the the journey to healing can be impacted right by the people that you're you're surrounded with mhm and so some other some other emotional uh effects here that that we we've known to see some some women um have increased thoughts of suicide after abortion um, lower self-esteem, right, sexual dysfunction, um, and, and um, you know, for me, when, when I've spoken to, to women with that particular issue, um, as far as sexual dysfunction, they, they really felt like they, they didn't want to be put in that position again, or they didn't look at themselves mm-hmm. the same, right? It's kind of 
different layers to that, that whole, it's a mental concept, mm-hmm. right? So it's not just the facts, right? It's the whole concept of, you know, what my body just mm-hmm. went through, how I see myself, right? And, and ultimately what I don't want to, and, and, and it, should I even uh, have the privilege to do it again? And then right. they see their body has yeah. changed now or yes, yes, or yes. even to the, you know, worst extent tarnished, like I'm, I'm tarnished now. I mean, they could look at it that way mm-hmm. uh, on the negative. And so mm-hmm. that may be um, some impact too as well. Yes. Yes. Felicia says here, all I heard from my mom and grandma, it ain't cute to have two kids with no husband. Um, I marched right in and got it over with. Really, Tanya, you coming on in? I'm gonna stay over here. Okay then. <laughs> I, I no, I yeah. No, I the only no. I'm good. <laughs> no, I have no. I, this is where I, I'll give it this. I'll tell you what I tell young men when I when I've had to mentor young teenagers, I tell them this. I said, for boys, I said, you you give up all rights to choose when you lay down. Mm. All rights to choose. You don't get to pick. You don't get to say, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. When you lay down there without protect, it's no longer your choice. Mm. That's what I tell them. It's all her choice at that point. It's all whatever she wants to do. You You get, you have no say. You, that's what I tell them. So I'm like, be be prepared for that. You can say, I don't want to be a daddy. I don't want to be a daddy. You can say it all day long. You should have said that when you was trying to get in it. And I'm going to leave that where it's at. See, that's why y'all, I wasn't going to tell you with that. doctor. Now you can't be putting the visual out there like that. What? <laughs> Sorry, my doctorate is not in medicine. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, a point that, I mean, he says that, and a point, it kind of it goes with, he just made another comment, what was shocking. It was that my ex-husband told my daughter I had one, and he was greatly affected by mm. my decision, and I had mm. no idea. Mm. So that um, we're talking about the women, mm-hmm. but the decision that the woman makes, whether it's to continue or not to continue, I mean, that could be another uh, mm-hmm. show, is how does that impact the males? Because they may feel one way or the other. Especially the ones who, and I don't know, I, 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 you'd have to look up a statistic, the ones who said, I want to, I want you to keep this baby. Like that's that. Now that's a whole nother argument. It is. Especially when you've made up your mind, you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. That, now that's a whole nother argument. See, yeah. so that's why I tell bruh, bruh. <laughs> Sorry. That's the other side. To it me, is. Right? That's the other side. It is. Right. Because, you know, um, that's the whole political, you know, who's right kick in with that but I just for us it, it's so hard to to how do you have that conversation and what is the, the outcome mm-hmm. and how do you live in harmony right um, and I'm glad you all you know got through it Felicia you know in terms of the devastation right of having to make that decision right and, and it's like whose decision stands mm-hmm. you know whose decision stands and so Going back to what you just said, um, Dr. King, about I, I've worked with young men who boasted mm. about the emotional pressure and coercion that they put on a young girl to get that done. 
and some to the extent where they threatened their life, right? And, and just hearing, you know, I, I can only imagine if you saying it to me like this, how it was delivered to this young girl, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, you know, um, that's that being mindful, mm-hmm. right, of when that young lady discloses to you, this is a decision, right? She's been put in a position to have to make this decision is you honestly don't know what's coming in her other ear. And that's what needs to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. That other ear, what's coming in that other ear, not necessarily should I, should I not at this point, but it's how did you get Mm -hmm. here? Right. Because how did you get here may need to be dealt with first. So that again, we can get some mental and emotional clarity on what do you want. Right. And that's why I, when I'm talking to them, I say, Tune out the other voices. I want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? Yes, you could be getting messages in your ear for or against, but where are you on this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, that's that, you know, the after effect of it, right? Now, now all that comes back, it's done. You, fo- you follow through with it. And now you have to sit with now the entire chain of events right and they have on him flashback right not just you know that the process the procedure but the the okay when this was said to me and now you're you're replaying you're replaying the details yes of how you got to to sitting in the waiting room to sitting you know the post-op whatever you you call it like right you know just the whole ass you you're you're reflecting on and we don't know when when the flashbacks or or the you know the sitting with will end or subside and that could be years right and i know it lasts years because you know i've I've counseled young women who have those vivid memories and it happened 10 plus years ago i've had uh women who they can remember that right before the procedure was done there was that one um question that came up is are you sure this is what you want to do and so they'll flash back to I had that opportunity brief opportunity to walk away or say no and so they are replaying that uh Mm -hmm. that point where I could have turned away yeah yeah all right y'all let's let's jump into here um things not to say to a woman who's made that decision. Number one, you must feel guilty, right? Don't say that. Or another way to say it, do you feel guilty? Right? You may you may get slapped or, you know, something could possibly happen. <laughs> you know. Do you wish you would have yeah. not done that? Yeah, yeah. Um and I think that 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 that's especially close family. I think close family tends to act more. How would I say it? Straightforward, blunt, inappropriate questions because they feel like, as they say, we're cool like that, or you know, yeah, you could just say say whatever on your mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. And so. Dismissive. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know. 
not not all women feel guilty, and I mean that in the sense of you have to be medical reason. We we know, right? We we medically and statistically know, right, that there are sometimes where women their lives, right, are there, and so um, the feeling of guilt is not necessarily that dominant emotion, right, and so. Even a woman in that position shouldn't be made to have a certain level of guilt, right? Because then a question comes, well, what did you do? Because you've done something. Did you seek a second and third right, and fourth right. opinion? Right, all this stuff. Know, comes, right. Was, <laughs> right. You know, you should have just gone through it and see what mm-hmm. happens. You know, I think some women get, you know, when they get the um, test, um, or genetic, form of genetic right. test, mm-hmm. right? And they're faced with that decision if they're, you know, moderate to severe, right? Um, defects, you know, in that's a tough decision right. to make, that's right? So, so when that woman makes that decision, why would you ask? Do they feel guilty? Mm-hmm. First of all, it's none of your business, right? In the sense of how are you going to help them with the guilt, right? What do you plan on doing if they disclose this information? And the question should be happening. I'm here for you. What can I do? <laughs> yeah. Next one. <sighs> do you ever miss your baby? Remember, so so, I'm thinking about like last last week we talked about miscarriages, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. different uh, trimesters, right? That it can happen, and we can think about this, you know, in terms of depending on that person and how you see right uh, life, mm-hmm. right at, at conception, right, or along, you know, three, four, twelve weeks later, right? That I yeah, do you miss your baby? That's not a question. It's not appropriate. Somebody trying to get hurt. That's what that sounds like to me. That's what it, yeah. That's insane. Okay. <laughs> Be tight. <laughs> That's mean. Yeah. But again, thinking about um, the mindset of that, that person, right? Like, so if that person does not desire you to think about that particular stage of their life or that point in their life, then they're not, quote unquote, keeping up with time, if that makes sense. Like, okay, my baby would have been this old, or she, he or she would be this age, or you know, I wonder what they would look like. Those questions are not even in their mind, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's kind of what came to my mind was like, wow, that's so insensitive in the sense of, you know, obviously when this particular procedure is done, you have you you can't right dwell on those questions because you had to make this decision and that's not emotionally and mentally healthy, right? To ponder those mm-hmm. questions and you shouldn't be put in a position where somebody addresses you mm-hmm. as such. But that's what the pro-life people do. The people that are outside those clinics and hanging out and doing all that stuff and shaming people while they're going in and they're saying all those things. You're going to miss your baby. and You're going to do this and do that and they don't, they don't, they have no clue what brought that woman to make that decision. They have no clue how she got there. You know, they, they just know that, you know, that she's pregnant or whatever. And, and, and they, they their whole thing is, and I've said this um, a, a million times because I, I, I avoid these conversations because I understand the, the, the level of, of trauma mentally, but people who are pro-life, I, I, I don't have, I have my issue with pro-life people. It's not that they're pro-life because they're not. And I'm going to say this. Put the disclaimer up because I feel it's in my spirit. <laughs> uh, this is my issue with pro-life people. 
pro-life people only care about you when you're pregnant. So they shouldn't be called pro-life people. They're pro-birth. They're not pro-life because once that baby gets here, they don't give a nothing. See, I was being good. They don't, they don't care. Interesting. They're pro-birth. They're not pro-life because the very people who demand you have your baby are the same ones that say, don't give her no food stamps if she need it. Don't give her no discount on her baby care. Don't give her no ex. Don't, don't help her at all. They're pro-birth. Them pro-life people crazy as hell. Now I'm through. Thank you. I appreciate that though. I never, I, I did not look at it that way in, in, in terms of because for me that's political, right? And and for me, you know, I, I have to keep myself safe. You know, doing this type of work and not merging <laughs> the two worlds together. But but the way you just put that, right? You know, if that's just the sole focus. Right then, we still get to well. How do you emotionally support that woman who says, "Okay, I'm going to," because I don't want to deal. As Felicia says, she remembers all those people protesting outside. It was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And those young ladies who do mm-hmm. say, "Okay, I'm not going to do this because you know it must be that wrong, mm-hmm. right?" To do it, and now no one's there to help him. You, you can't. All those people it's, who are standing outside, those people who are marching, and all this other kind of stuff, they are nowhere to be found. When you leave that hospital with that baby, whatever feeling you have, they are nowhere to be found. Not those people. Now, there's help, you know, but but those people who yelled at you and belittled you and all that, them fools ain't nowhere to be found. Nowhere. Okay. Okay. Let's keep here. Let's keep moving here. (laughs) All right. Next one here. Things you shouldn't say. Do you wish you can go back in time and change your mind? Things not to say <laughs> ever. So. Are you, you are right over there. <laughs> okay. Um, this particular question contradicts everything we do in therapy, right? Like you can't go back in time. You can't dwell on right. The the you you can't do that. You know, and, and for me, again, putting that person in a position to say, okay, they've gained mental clarity, we have to move forward, right? So we, we can't get stuck at the wish, right? Could have, I would have, right? Had I known. That causes further and prolonged grief, right? Because now you put, or you're trying to put me in a mindset of, undoing because for me when I look at that I have to go and undo the other stuff so so my mind went to well had I not been in that relationship or what you know whatever factors that contributed right to me making this decision I'm going to bring up all of that not just what I changed my mind at that particular moment right when it's being you know, as you said, mm-hmm. that question that comes up, that's not where a person would go back to change time. And you supported, giving them the support and supported the decision that they made. So then to throw in their face, do you wish you could have changed that decision after the fact? Mm-hmm. 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 So, again, just inappropriate on so many different levels, right? And, and this, these are not 
I, I said last week, like if if you if you don't want to emotionally support someone, right? Don't 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 even approach them. You know that that really that gets to me, right? When if you have to force yourself mm-hmm. to emotionally support someone and you're not feeling it and you you don't you're numb or you you just nonchalant, you're indifferent about what they're telling you and, and you're listening to them and they're sharing how they feel. Back up. Don't don't say anything, anything because that's how you be. Mm-hmm. That's how these questions come into play mm-hmm. because you may not even necessarily um, agree with what they did, right? That's your cue to back off, right? Not impose in for all practical purposes, you know, intentionally trying to make them feel bad. Does that make sense? Like you're putting yeah. the person in a position, like okay. Let me see what your mindset is, because mm-hmm. if you if, if 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 you okay, right, then something is wrong mm-hmm. with you. And, and I feel like mm-hmm. it's another set of questions or comments coming after if I say no. Mm-hmm. Right. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like it doesn't even matter if I say yes, you're gonna go into well, what happened, and you know, mm-hmm. you know, all this kind of stuff. You're gonna have me relive, right, what I went through. But if it's a no, you're gonna, you know all this other kind mm-hmm. of stuff can bring about. So if for me, if, if you're not there, right, or you just being nosy, right, to, to see, you know, how was it, back off. Go do go mm-hmm. Google. Right, go Google it. If you if you must know, Google it. Right? But don't go ask someone who's had to make that decision, follow through on that decision, and now you want a live, right, person to talk to about how it felt. Right? How it felt. Okay. Here's the next one. What's your boy? Questions. Friends, family, anybody could. Okay. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, Next one here. Things not to say or ask. Was your boyfriend, husband mad at you? Not your business. (laughs) Not your business. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> you and and again that that door right you walked through is like okay so if I tell you we sat down and worked through this decision together are you going to down him as a man are you going to question you know the how or what was it or if I say well, yeah, they were mad. Well, you know, did it matter? Again, you you have these questions where the position you put this this woman in is is either way it go, you're gonna add a layer of right guilt, add a layer of regret. I'll try to add a layer of you know, let me think about you're this putting, decision I just right, made in my you're life. Putting them on the defensive that they have to respond mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. what you're asking mm-hmm. in a way that suits you. Yes, yes, and. You know, you you have to be careful that I think we need to be more compassionate about fertility, period. And and I know so much with social media and technology, a lot of people are sharing their story. Go go inbox them folks, right, who are sharing their story for the world to see. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, don't just randomly ask or call somebody up because you see there is a brave, there is, 
you know, a woman who's sharing or a couple who's sharing their story, that still is not the green light for you to. Right. Because every person is not there. Right. And maybe that's healing for that person, but they're not looking for a response or a mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. that comes behind that. And you don't know what their support system is like. So, again, unless you are part of that person's support system, please don't contribute to the emotional the emotional distress. All right, here we go. Keep going. Things not to ask. What was the gestational age of the pregnant? Not your business. Not your business. This nosy. This is nosy. And, and I feel like um, for me, some of these statements I, I think are said to maybe certain women or girls in a certain age range. That makes sense, like you know, because I think all of us in here would be like, oh, who, first of all, right? We just get you know none of your business, mm-hmm. all. But for the young girls who's trying to process everything and you're, you're planting these questions, I think some some women are targets, mm-hmm. right? in what's unknown as your obligation as a member of society is to protect the emotional stability, right, of our young girls, not add to, right, their emotional distress or instability, right? They're already going through this roller coaster. So, so why, are we, why are we asking these type of questions? And that you, the person might be so vulnerable that they may feel like they need to respond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not know that they have mm-hmm. an option to. Because mm-hmm. uh, that kind of opened that door then to, okay, well, if I tell you how far along I was, then what's your next comment? Mm-hmm. Right? And I, I thought about this where if I tell you, you know, I was within the first four weeks, oh, okay. That, 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 that's not going to make me feel any right. better about my right. decision right. had I told you right. I was, you know, 12 weeks. Why are you at? Why do you need this information? Right, you, you know. So it's like again, why do you need to know that information? How does that question help you support mm-hmm. me in my emotional or where I am right mentally right now? Okay, that question. Yeah, does. yeah. So that is none of your business, right? right. <laughs> uh, the next one here, uh, you know, the, the yeah, next one here statement. I've heard abortions are like big periods. Now, go, go ahead, Dr. King. <laughs> Looking at this, right, again, and, and you may say, like, do people really say this? Yes, I'm sure they do. Yes, right. Or that, that when you said that, it, I can hear the follow-up question, did it hurt? That's another, oops, sorry, that's another, mm-hmm. no, no. But just think about that comparison and women have cycles every month. So you 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 could possibly be planting oppression seeds mm-hmm. for this woman every mm-hmm. month because quote unquote you heard, right, it's like a big period. So every month that she has a mm-hmm. cycle or mm-hmm. even her cycle is mm-hmm. heavier. Mm-hmm. That's in the back of her mind. Yeah. Because the the thing is, so we know, right, that mm-hmm. Um, that when, sometimes when um, some of the long-term, right, impacts of an abortion is the sensation of or, you know, just things, right? We know women's bodies are very complex. Mm-hmm. So 
even after giving birth, right? <laughs> it feels like you feel, you know, some of the things you felt during pregnancy. Really no different here in the sense mm-hmm. of our bodies. So we, the woman already has enough to deal with, right? As far as processing and being, you know, safe and observing when her mood changes because it is that time of the month, right? Because it may already be a reminder, but for you to say you've heard, right, this is like a big period. Again, adding that layer of emotional disturbance, right? And, and that, that, that's not a, um, a random conversation, no. right? Who, what woman is going to sit down, as they say here, over coffee and talk about the process, right, of an abortion and compare it to, right? Yeah, no. A natural no. woman body, you know, we go through every month. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, next one here. But like, but like, why not adoption? Right? <laughs> I'm going to stop looking to the left. Because, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I personally have not, this is my, not my, um, population, right, that I primarily serve. So I only get, you know, the privilege to walk alongside, you know, a young lady's journey when they come in, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, I know that there are clinicians who do walk alongside young ladies afterwards, right, or even during. And so from this, this has got to be the most, um, I say detrimental, right, statement because that would imply you, they need to move forward or they couldn't move forward with the entire process, right, with no worries, no concerns, right, everything is all good, when simply we've just been talking about there is an emotional disturbance from start to finish. And, you know what I'm and saying? And having so, that question come up does not lessen the emotions that have mm-hmm. come with going mm-hmm. through the, the procedure. And adoption is a whole, a whole other yeah. Right, right. Level, Emotion. right. It's like it's like a flower, right? It's budding. Like, okay, here's another stem. Mm-hmm. Here's another, you know, branch, right? To to even, you know, and we're not talking, you know, as far as adoption, but I can only imagine, like, okay, there are women who did make the decision, right, mm-hmm. for the adoption. They still had to they go through, have, and they still, yes. to, you know, have to live with. We know that, right? right? That. Don't. Why are you making it sound like, oh, all you had to do was, mm-hmm. and you you'll be you all been okay. Right. No, no issues, no worries, right? And then you know, just that whole concept, like you just talked about earlier, does a woman truly have um, total control over what she does with her body, right? And and that's kind of where I put, you know, this is truly when we talk about external. There are some women now who, who are really into the laws of the land because they feel like this can impact them or has impacted them, right? Those women who were, you know, sexually assaulted or, you know, mm-hmm. who were in an abusive relationship and they've had to make, and I'm, I'm talking severe abuse, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and here we are saying, right, based on this law, you don't even get an opportunity to think about considering, Right this as an option. Right. Right. And so just that, 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 that whole concept there is, um, 
I feel like there has to be systems in place, right? If these are the concerns of women, right? We listen to them individually. We we focus on, okay, how did you even get put in this position to have to think about mm-hmm. this decision? We don't deal with that too much. Mm-hmm. We 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 kind of, and I'm saying we on the outside, mm-hmm. right? Deal with, okay, um, well, what do you need, right, to help you get to <laughs> that decision versus, okay, let's look at your circumstances, mm-hmm. right? This, that, and the other. And so, yeah, it, it, that, that, but like, why not adoption, right? It, I can, that's a deep question in itself, right? Because now that, that woman who said, and again, you don't even know the reason why, right? You know, from, from doing the genetic testing to this, that, and the other, mm-hmm. it's like you just don't understand, right? What that woman going through for those nine months to even say, okay, now, here you go. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right here. They're, they're conflicted about the decisions for whatever reason. And mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. for nine more months, mm-hmm. I'm going to have those emotions. And then it's not that easy after the birth. Mm-hmm. And then, like you say, to just yeah. go. Yeah. 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 All right. Last one here. <clears throat> now I had to think about this one because my mind was like, what? Do that? Okay. Do not ask. Was it weird when you saw your baby on the monitor? Right? And and I was like, Oh, you went there. Right? You you went there, right? To say, okay, again, going back to the flashback, going back to this woman knows every step, right, of this process and procedure. And you just you went there, right? Was it weird when you saw your baby on the monitor? This is actual question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And for me, um, and of course, they could be worded differently, you know, according to the environment, you know, where you are. But I'm pretty sure there are more statements out there, right, where, where us as a community, right, we need to understand that this decision that a woman has to make, number one, it's not easy, right? But number two, if that is decision is made and they follow through with it, not all the time are they okay. Right. Not all the time will they ever be okay because that thing will be forever with them. And what Does that make sense? That, that's, yeah. that's, that's an yeah. event in life that you you can suppress it, you can push it to the back of your conscious, as we call it, into the sub. We can do all of that. But anything can happen in life that's a restraint. Mm-hmm. Especially if, you know, you have other children or, you know, you, you we've been talking about infertility and miscarriage. Anything can happen in life to bring that to the forefront. Right? So So, yes, there are women who are okay. There are women who or put in a position that, that they had to get that done. And, of course, right, they had to do what was best for them from health-wise and, you know, whatever was going on. But there are still some women who are not. And not all the time are those women, quote-unquote, are okay, right? It, it, it's just they, they understand that it was the best decision. It was a good decision at that point in time. But don't approach them like all of a sudden, you know. And and it could easily come back. It's, it might be okay right now, but mm-hmm. five. Years down the line, or mm-hmm. with another pregnancy, they yes. could yes. some of those emotions and feelings.
Absolutely. And just how we support and respond to women after that. Hence those all of those mm-hmm. questions, how mm-hmm. response can make the situation and the feelings worse. Mm-hmm. All right, I want I want to close like this, right? Um, what what would you say to um, women, right, who are in the position or have been put in that position to have to make this decision? And what would you say to family members, right? who are uh, made aware of a woman, or even a young man, we could say, because we didn't talk about the men, they're going to come up, you know, in a few weeks here. Um, but what would you say to the women, right, who who are in, the, in that process, right, of having to make that decision, and to the families, right, who are made aware of that their loved one has to make a decision? For the women, I, basically, it's I acknowledge and understand that this is not necessarily an easy, easy decision for you to make. Um, I know there are a lot of emotions that could be um, at play. Um, and so I want to be there to support you. I'm here, you know, to listen. Um, if they're conflicted, I may bring them back. You know, it's not something that you have to decide tomorrow. Um, depending on, you know, at what point that they come in. And so really just be a listening ear. And I tell them to find someone who's supportive of you, regardless, Mm. unconditionally, Mm. that's just going to listen while you weigh out what you want to do. It may be somebody who you just want their shoulder to, to cry on, or it might be, you know, they're supporting, they're going to go with you if you made so find that person. I, I really try and say, you know, because sometimes they come in and this, you know, he wants me and he's, and I try to tell them, get that out of your ear and really find somebody who's going to be in your corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as family, because I do, um, you know, I have, you know, young teenagers who come in and I try to get them separated from the family at some mm-hmm. point. Like, can you step out? Um, because this person is able to make a decision for the, themselves and to say, are you going to be supportive? Are you that person that she can lean on? Can you put yourself in that position? Because this is her and her body. Yes, could have, would have, should have, you know, I would do this. Just be there. Mm-hmm. Just be there. And, and, what should we understand about the process, right? Not necessarily, you know, what it is, but as it relates to, you know, terminating pregnancies, right? What should we really understand about this? I mean, it, why, why we shouldn't take it so light or why we shouldn't, right, think that this is a procedure that, okay, you know, it's, it's, it's in and out, right? And you don't, you don't, feel the effects. So I think many people don't understand the 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 physical, right, mm-hmm. as well as the emotional and all that, that that entire combination, right? So so what would you tell people like about what what should we not minimize, right? About the terminated pregnancy. It's not just simply a done and now and done procedures. There are emotions, there are feelings that are start before 
but can carry on for years. So, you know, even down the line, not to be, you know, insensitive because it can still be affecting them for, mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, you know, one of the things when, when they come in and you, you can kind of feel that, like when you're asking pregnancy history, how many pregnancies have you, how many terminations, and you see that, you know, it could be, you know, five years ago, but you see that sort of hesitancy of, do I, do I say it? Do I mention it? Do I not? So you know that that feeling is still, they still having some feeling or emotion about it. And so it's not just simply a procedure, okay, it's done, get back to your life, mm-hmm. that it really can impact women for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I'd say um, it doesn't matter what the process is, right? Because they're medication, right? That, that can be taken versus, mm-hmm. you know, you know, um, the, the operation, I'll just say, right? And for me, um, I've seen people minimize it that way, right? To say, okay, well, you know, if all you had to do was take a couple of pills, then you're okay, right? Your, your body wasn't impacted that much and there land lies, you, you're emotionally okay because, quote unquote, you wasn't that far along, right? That you needed to go in to, to get a procedure mm-hmm. versus you just got a prescription, mm-hmm. right? Don't this because I've, I've sat with young young girls who did that and I was like, okay, okay, right? Because they're home alone, right? For a few days, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Going through this process and we're like, that oh, takes, okay, well, yeah. that ain't nothing. Right. Really? Right. Okay. All right. right. You know, so, so that's what I say. It's, it's really, you know, if, if, for me, if you're going to help someone through this, gain knowledge on what it is. Mm-hmm. Right, gain knowledge on what it is so that you better understand what happened, right? And then you place yourself in that person's shoes to say, okay, if I know that for the for the last five days or whatever, you've gone through this because your body had to go through this particular process and you were at home monitoring yourself, right? Then I, I should have some idea how you felt emotionally. Does that make sense? And, and so we, of course, know the procedure in office. That's that's a whole different, you know, ballgame there. But just that understanding, either way, this person goes home to be alone with themselves and their body. And they have, they have to allow their bodies to go through the healing process physically. That in mm-hmm. itself causes emotional disturbance. And not everybody is okay mm-hmm. afterwards to understand that. Yeah, so so for me, if you're not asking, hey, are you okay? Do you need anything? Your compassion is there, right? Leave them alone, mm-hmm. right? Give them another resource, right? Hey, did you did you do your follow up to you know counselor? Or, mm-hmm. You know, if you want to check in, check in on their well being, not ask these questions, mm-hmm. right? That contributes to quote unquote their minds. They mm-hmm. must be thinking. No, you care about them, care about them, right? That they are okay right, uh, um, that they don't miss, right, they'll follow, because at the end of the day, once the decision is made and it is done, there's still care that needs to be, right? Yes. So so do that as opposed to trying to pick their brain over the how what. And one of the other, I think about the disparity, of course, the disparities are for women in our community with access to follow-up, access mm-hmm. to counseling assistance afterwards. Um, you know, sometimes they're sent for for financial reasons to places, and then there's um, 
you know, they're sort of pushed into one or other type of procedure or one or another type of facility because uh, mm-hmm. of finances and, and just our access. I mean, that's a, an, another whole conversation. Of, uh, that's where steam goes through my ears. Yeah. You know, that whole concept of health care disparities and there's a demographic area that has to complete collaborative care. There is a collaborative right. care process, right? Right, and right. yes, all too familiar with, do we, right? Do we have that? <laughs> Some things are missing, right, in this process, or we're overwhelmed with agencies, right? The magnitude of it because of funding or the lack of, you know, um, um, clinicians or, or support, right? Staff that should be there. So you're 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 spot on with that, and, and that's why, you know, for me, it's like if we know this as a community, right, we need to make sure we're more supportive of, right, until we, right, Mm -hmm. tap into the resources, until we, right, have have our systems in place where we um, are adequate, right, even on our end, right, Mm -hmm. we we should be producing clinicians that, you know, can work in underserved and where where there's lack of funding, right, and that's on the yeah, you you know it's just really there. You're absolutely right. Is I know that not every you know area has the access to. Now I did this. Mm-hmm. How do I get the counseling that I right. need? How do I even get you know the support group services that I need? And, and so it's been a journey. Let me tell you that finding people and organizations to partner with to to quote unquote give right. services right that that uh, don't desire funding. Right. <laughs> if we notice that somebody's in trouble, mm-hmm. where do you send them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, even if it's just to train our communities, right, mm-hmm. help our families, right, this, this known that we, we should be helping families cope with it, you know, giving them education, right, on how to help their loved ones through, you know, these these circumstances, these, these events of life that have significant, I mean, this could, for me, this could be considered trauma. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah, I, I just believe that, you know, be a part of the solution, right? Be a part of the support team for this person, be a part of their care team. If you're not going to care for a person, right, that has gone through this particular decision making process, then the best thing you can do is just to stay away from it. No I need agree. to add to their right. unwanted memories, right? No need to add to their, you know, uh, um, their guilt, right? Mm-hmm. No need to add to that. It's enough there already. Mm-hmm. You, you can't bring anything to the table to support them. Then stay, stay away. Pray for them, right? Pray for their healing. There's there's so many other things you can do, right? Than to invade their emotional space like that, right? Okay. All right. Thank you so much <laughs> for for being here. You gonna come back? Of course. What you doing next week? Really? I knew you were <laughs> I'm tired. Okay, then. But All that right. is my topic now, but I am out of time. When you come back? Two oh, weeks. All right, I'm going to think of something else. <laughs> I like this. I like this. So thank you so much for thank being you. here. Thank you, um, you know, I hope that, you know, people are thinking about things. Just, I, I believe in getting knowledge to share with other people, right? And that, you know, people share this information, you know, even share this live, right? Uh, Share it with someone, you know, that may be challenging 
challenge with this decision on recovery, right? Just just giving them that there is um, help, right? Uh, there is a way to be supported. I believe people should know that they don't have to, right, be exposed to this. You can't advocate for yourself no matter what decision you made. You're, you're not ostracized, right, in that you don't have to be judged and openly, you know, confronted and disrespected. I also like to teach people that, mm-hmm. right, that, that because you made this decision does not entitle people, right, to treat you less than, right, or that you, you made this decision and now you're, you know, damned, right? So so I also like to put that. And you don't have to agree with their decision. Correct. Correct. Yes. All right, you all. Thank you so much. Uh, Felicia, Felicia said, great show topic, fabulous guest co-host. Indeed. <laughs> uh, all right. So we'll be back next week. All right, you all. Enjoy uh, the rest of your week. Pray cool. back in tomorrow. Great Friday. Right? We went in last time. Yeah, you got to know that.
lead you to the water. He can lead you. He can lead you. He can lead you to the water. He can lead you. He can lead you. He can lead you to the water. He can lead you. 